Welcome to Win the Day Podcast, hosted by Cyrus Jaffrey. Here, we interview top entrepreneurs, industry leaders, business owners, as well as individuals that perform at the highest level in the country. We dive deep into their thought process and the things that they do to separate themselves from the competition. Hey, Nick Langer, man. Welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah. you got it, bro. Um, Thanks for joining us. This is a big episode for me, man, because you've been killing me for two years while I'm working out with you. So looking forward to this. For people that don't know Nick Langer, man, Nick Langer is a personal friend of mine, a very successful bodybuilder, right? I remember Body by Vi back in the day, entrepreneurship, right? He's an entrepreneur, college football athlete. Fair enough. And big and best of all, gym owner, fitness and health expert, and then dad and a husband. Yes. Those are some of the things that I picked up from you, man. I've known Nick for, gosh, 15 years probably. Yep. Uh, and uh, great to have you as a friend, man. Um, so Nick has competed in many competitions around the country, right? Bodybuilding is what, what Nick has done um, at the highest level, and he actually trains bodybuilders to complete at the highest level. It's the most will-powered individual I know, and I know that, man, because I spend a lot of time with you at the gym while you're eating food <laughs> and what you eat. Nick is committed to his craft, man, from what I know, man, and you are epitome of doing things the right way and not taking no for an answer, yep. right? Or taking the easy way out through a process, right? So, um, and then you're on with your fitness, with your with your food, um, and at the gym when you're working out, man, you're the hardest worker that I ever have seen at, at the gym. So, um, and, and we're going to talk about that and then your entrepreneurship, man, and how you've really developed this whole giant corporation here in Omaha, Nebraska, made a name for yourself, man. Looking forward to it. So let's find out how you did it, man. Yeah. Fair enough? Fair enough. All right. Uh, We told the audience a little bit about you, man. Anything else that you want to share? Um, I think the only other thing I would say is um, man of faith. Okay. Um, One of my my kind of common core things is my faith is always first. Um, And, you know, even even, even more so than... um, you know, when I was let's let's go back before I was married. Yeah. The main thing that was was talked about was making sure that your faith is first, even before your spouse. That's um, awesome. And so, you know, that is one thing that I hold kind of dear to myself. Um, and I don't really speak a lot about it because yeah. of the world that we live in. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it is one of those things where my faith is definitely something that keeps me grounded. And I know that was something that you wanted to kind of know about. Uh, and I, I would say the main thing that that has helped me uh, in a lot of my journey is. Yeah having that underlying faith to understanding that my purpose for being here is more yeah. than just showing off a body or, or putting somebody through hell in yeah. a workout. Uh, you know, it's about impacting other people's lives. And a lot of that comes from the faith that I've been, that I've been kind of growing and maturing in as I've gotten older. Huge, huge. So. And you just mentioned it, man. Faith is, faith is huge, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you, you talked about mission, man, and I know in one of the things, we'll just get right to it because yeah. uh, we have a lot to cover with you. You talked about your personal mission, man. We ju- I just saw a post you put on Instagram about your personal mission, a shoot you did in New York City at 7 a.m. You said your personal mission. You want to share a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, the biggest thing that I realized last year, you know, as, as I've been kind of growing as an entrepreneur, but also as an individual, I've yeah. kind of realized that I'm a person that would much rather sit back and just do the work. I'm much more, I love the process of everything. Okay. And I think that's what makes it a lot easier for me when it comes to the food that I eat and the workouts that I do. I love the process. Mm. Uh, I love the structure. I don't love the exposure. 
Okay. That's one thing that I'm actually not a big fan of. Okay. I'm not, which is really weird because yeah. you're talking about a bodybuilder who stands on stage basically right. naked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but it's 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 something that like doesn't actually intrigue me. I don't want to be okay. seen by everybody, known by everybody, popular or whatever you want to say. Okay. And so you know, this last year, I I realized though when I actually started showing, hey, here's my story. Here's who I am. These yeah. are the daily struggles I go through. This is what I've done with my life okay. and what I continue to do. The amount of outpour of people that were like, man, yeah. what you're telling me and what you're, what it, what you're showing me uh, encourages me to actually shoot for whatever I want. And, you know, it's that was probably one of the biggest eye-opening things to me was, okay, I need to step out of my comfort, comfort zone. Huh. And my comfort zone is staying yeah. kind of in the shadows and doing my own thing and, okay. and staying that way. And, you know, I'll... I'll have people that like you who see mm. me daily, who, who see what I do, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not showing that to the world. Yes. And sure. the issue with that is then I'm not impacting the number of people that I should. And that's, you know, again, going back to faith, that's the calling that I've kind yeah. of been pushed towards yeah. is an aspect that, you know, the knowledge that I've gained and things that I understand, especially when it comes to the human body and how to work with the human yeah. body and how to work with the human psyche in order to get the human body yeah. to go where it needs to go. Uh, those are all things that I can't share with thousands of people if I'm staying in the shadows. Mm -hmm. And so that was really the eye-opening thing for me last year. And so, yeah, one of the posts that I posted up was, um, you know, I've I've done a photo shoot maybe once before. Okay. And I traveled out to New York City, went out there at the time, uh, was out there staying with the the coach that was working with me. And he had a, a photographer that was working with him. And I said, hey, let's go shoot, you know, in, in, the, in downtown. Cool. And, uh, and he's like, okay. He's like, so you're going to be, you know, you're going to pose in downtown, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I, 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 yeah. Uh, and so literally, you know, and the crazy thing was this is what, I don't know, six months into okay. the pandemic. So, yeah. you know, New York City is not oh, the yeah. best place for this. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I just kind of took that, took it and ran with it and, and was nice. like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I might as well do it all out. Um, and I might as well. Yeah. I The other thing that I've kind of realized is I've been taking myself too seriously. Sure. And by doing so, I've been holding back from showing everybody who I am and, yeah. and what I'm about. And so I was like, finally, you know what? Let's just do it. If, if somebody comes up to me and yells at me, who cares? Uh, you know, I mean, heck, New York's known for the naked cowboys. So um. I, I don't think it's going to be an issue. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, that was the that was kind of the gist of everything. And. Um, like I said, it, it was amazing to me the impact that it had when we were, um, doing the the competition. We had also had outside a film crew that kind of went with me through the entire process, saw what I went through, kind of documented my daily, my daily efforts of what I do running the gym and running my training program and then being a father and just kind of the days and how my days look, um, and kind of what it takes to actually compete at that high level for sure and still balance life. hundred percent. And uh, like I said, it, it, when we did that, the amount of people that kind of reached out to me were like, man, that like, thank you for doing that because it's showing me that, you know, I think I've got a lot on my plate, but obviously it's nothing in comparison to what I could do mm-hmm. if I just maximize what I'm, what I'm, what I'm capable of. For sure. So that's huge, man. Yeah. yeah I appreciate you sharing that, man. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. What you have done, man, in the last, in the last year is showing your vulnerable side and and I'm one of them, the people that you have touched doing that because I'm like, man, that dude grinds. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, man? So it, you, I look up to you, man. So it's pretty Appreciate cool. That. Um, I want to talk about process, man. You talked about that a couple of times, right? So 
Um, I want to go back to that and then obviously your other part of it, which is adversity that you had to deal with. So let's talk about process. You have a process when it comes to working out. And I work out with you, so I know this because when I'm in there, I'm working out. You're always yelling at me. Okay, slow. One, yep. two, three. Okay, up. Okay, slow. Okay, yep. up, right? Tell me a little about the about your process of working out for no- normal people to understand. Yeah. So when it comes down to what I would what I would say are business class people, which is what a lot of my afternoon clients are. Okay. You know, a lot of people want to get in 30 to 45 minutes, get in, mm-hmm. get out. That's the process, right? Okay. And the idea behind this is I want to try to get the maximal amount of effort done in a minimal amount of time and give you the best output that we can get within that time frame. Okay. Majority of people are going to need to be doing more of a, I would say, more of a interval style workout in that okay. process or even circuit style training. Okay. It doesn't apply for everybody, but typically for the majority of people that are only going to work out maybe three days a week okay. or whatever it might be, yeah. it's going to be something that's going to be helpful okay. and it's going to get them the stimulus that we're looking for when it comes to breaking down mm-hmm. muscle tissue and when it comes down to um, kind of giving them that blood flow and, and movement that we're looking for in the gym, right? Mm-hmm. And so... What I typically try to do within that time frame is a few things. Number one, time under tension, like you're talking about. So that's the three-second eccentric, controlling the muscle tissue, controlling the weight. Okay. That control of the weight, there's been studies that have shown that actually controlling that negative on all of those rumen- movements causes more muscle tissue breakdown. So yeah. instead of just moving the weight yeah. where you're not going to get that, I mean, you know it. Yep. The minute you start doing that slow contraction, I hate it. yes, <laughs> and that's because it's going to help out with number one, building more, okay. uh, breaking down more muscle tissue, but also builds up a little bit more lactic acid. Mm-hmm. So that in that time frame, you're doing more damage to the muscle tissue. More damage equals us being able to get more out of the workout. Hundred percent. Right. So it's about being efficient. And when it comes to my business class people, I, I I'm hundred percent about efficiency because yes. I only have thirty to forty five minutes. Yes. Your rest times, I typically st- stay right around between 45 and 90 seconds max, depending okay. upon the lift that we're doing, uh, or depending upon if we're doing supersets or yep. whatever it might be. Okay. Reason for that, again, is the aspect that typically majority of people can recover uh, from that lift within 60 seconds. Got it. So if you're able to recover and we're able to get max effort out of you again, still being able to push the weight and move the weight in the correct form, why not use that okay. shorter time frame that mm-hmm. we can? And the other aspect is, is majority of people underestimate how much time they spend on the phone or spend doing whatever yep. in the gym yep. in comparison to the work that they could be getting done. Yes. And so, you know, people will ask me all the time, you know, you're, you're, you're a bodybuilder, you're in the gym. How, how long are you in the gym a day? Yep. And I'm like, an hour and 15 minutes is how long I lift. If I lift longer than that, I've been bullshitting the whole okay. time. Right. Okay. So where's your phone during that time? My phone's on me. Okay. But the thing about my phone is at that point in time, the only t- it's only used for two reasons. It's used to log my weights and it's okay. used for music. Okay. Those are the only two reasons. Got it. Uh, you're not checking on Facebook, I Instagram, nope, any of that? Okay. No. Nope. Typically what I'll end up doing is I'll actually turn it on airplane mode. Beautiful. I'll turn on airplane mode and I'll turn my Wi-Fi on okay. and then I can listen to music, but yes. I'm not getting text messages. I'm not getting anything else. Yeah, okay. Right? So Great all I'm advice. using it for is logging my weights yep. and then using it for music. Huge. Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of people can do okay. because Great advice. the other thing that we've got to realize is majority of business professionals or just people in general, yes. you're probably doing this over your lunch break and 90% of people that do it over the lunch break, they're doing it because they just want to get the hell out of the office <laughs> yeah. or, or at now <laughs> yeah. out of home because yeah, yep. you've got kids running around and you know, your wife and everybody's at home. 
And so you're doing it to get away. Yeah. Well, so then if you're doing it to get away and you're doing it to better yourself, why not optimize that time frame that you have? For sure. And so that that's kind of the the way that that goes and something that I do for myself even. Okay. Because, you know, I'm in the gym from five, six in the morning all the way until seven, eight o'clock at night, sure. whatever it might be. Yeah. But that hour and 15 minutes is my time to myself. Okay. Right. And so anybody that sees me in the gym yeah. and has seen me work out, I mean, I've se- I know you've seen me work out. I don't talk to anybody. Nope. And my face is just, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much just, Zoned le- yeah, let me do my thing. Yeah. I, trust me, I will be the nicest person to you as soon as I'm done. Yeah. Just let me g- get my thing done. And I think that's the way that mentality-wise a lot of people need to be going into the gym um, because of the fact that you're there to get work in. Yep. You're not there to socialize. You're not there to do anything else. Agreed. You're there to actually take care of your body. Sure. So take the time. It's 45 minutes. Yes. It's, I mean, people people spend 45 minutes watching Netflix shows. Yes. Sure. You know. Every day. Every day. Yep. So take that time instead and actually improve your body. Uh, that's huge, man. That's good stuff. Do you have a time of when it's uh, essential for somebody to work out? Like what's... When do you work out? Like what are, what are you... What's your advice for people that don't know when to work out? Yeah. So... One thing that I've kind of focused on over the past year is also stress control. Okay. And it's something that I see on a lot of people. Our our lives are so go, 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 go that, you know, we use workouts as a stress relief, but okay. it's actually causing more stress on the body. Yeah. Okay. And so my recommendation for majority of people is try not to get like a heavy lifting day okay. done late in the night. Okay. Only reason being is if you've ever lifted later on in the night, you know this, you get done with your lift. What's up? you're probably jacked up, right? 100%. And now you're not going to sleep for three to four hours. Yep. Okay. Yep. And the number one thing that we need as humans to help out with stress yes. is sleep. Sure. And so working out later in the day is going to mess up that sleep cycle. It's going to mess up that recovery. Okay. And so if you can, if possible, okay. work out earlier in the day. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's huge. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah. Um, pain, right? You talk a lot about pain. I believe that without pain, you're not moving forward. You're not gaining more muscle. You got to have pain, right? I mean, I see you at the gym, man. You're in pain when you're working out because yep. you're putting your body through pain, right? Right. right. How, like, how much pain are you putting yourself through? Like, and what's pain taught you for yourself? Like, what? Yeah. So, okay. My level of pain that I have to put my body through at this point in time is a much higher threshold than majority of people. Okay. Only reason being is I've already surpassed genetically what I probably should have on my body for muscle tissue. Sure. So now at this point in time, I have to take it to that extra bounds in okay. order to get that extra little bit of muscle. How many people do that, though, to take it to that level? Not a lot of people, Not a lot. right? Not so a lot. For me, for example, for your normal people, like, what should we do? Like, we got to put ourselves through pain, right, to right. be able to grow. right. Right. So what is your recommendation for your normal 95% of people that are just don't want to go through pain? Right, right. I mean, the thing about it is this. Workouts are going to be inherently painful. Okay. The biggest thing is, is how, mu- how long does that pain last? If we're seeing that two to three days after your workout, yeah. you're not able to walk still, yeah. we've done too much. Okay. If, if it's a day where you've got some soreness the day after, yeah. you probably did about the right amount. Okay. And realistically, that pain is more so an aspect of lactic acid being built up more as you drink water and as you rest and recover, a lot of that will flush out. You won't be as sore. Okay. Okay. Um, but if you're, if we've got DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, if that happens for okay. multiple days on end, then yeah, you've probably pushed it too far. Okay. You know, even myself as, as somebody who literally kicks the crap out of myself, yep. it's maybe two days and then I'm recovered. Okay. 
So okay. anybody even as an, as a novice should not be sore for more than a day, maybe. Okay, sure. After that point in time, yeah, you've you've done way too much in the gym. Very cool. So, but you do recommend though, if if you're working out and you're just at the same weight limit and you're not putting your body through pain while you're working out, right? You're probably not gonna, gonna get the most out of that, right? No, no, and that's that's the thing. That's the hard part to teach a lot of people is what's what's the right amount, right? And the thing that I would say is this, is the weight that you're pushing, if you can push that weight with proper form and proper execution, like we talked about, yes. controlled, controlling the weight on the eccentrics, yes. the downward portion of those yes. reps, um, and then being explosive with everything else, okay. then at that point in time, then good, push the weights, okay. right? And if and as far as the muscle soreness goes or the or the pump, okay. which is what really is going on, sure. that that lactic acid burn yeah. is what every bodybuilder refers to as like a pump. Got it. And so you hate it. Yep. Bodybuilders love that feeling. Got it. That's okay. what we're shooting for is we're shooting for okay. pushing that light that that threshold mm. higher and higher and higher every single workout. And that's how that's we cause more muscle tissue damage and cause the bu- muscle tissue to grow. Makes sense. Now, with an average individual, it's just it's more so about the fact of how much of that burn and how much of that breakdown can they handle and can they recover from. So yeah. if the next day you're sore, yeah, but it's done after a day, cool, you probably push it just about the right amount in the gym. Perfect. If you're if it's one of those things where it goes for two or three days, then you're probably pushing a little too hard. Yeah. And the other aspect is if your form is absolutely perfect with the weights that you're moving, then we shouldn't have a risk of injury. And that's the other reason why I slow everybody down Huge, okay. is because of the fact that if you're actually moving the, the muscle tissue and the, the, the range of motion that you're supposed to under controlled effort, okay. even if you push the weight super, super high, but it's all controlled and it's perfect execution, your risk of injury decreases massively. Makes sense. When we're, okay. smo- when we're swinging weight and we're just moving yeah. weight, that's your risk of injury good. goes through the roof. Okay. If you watch any of my lifting videos, yes. everything is super controlled. Yes. But it's yes. stupid heavy weights. Yes. And that's because of the fact that I'm 31, yeah. right? At this point in time, I'm past that point where I can get away with the stupid crap I did in my early 20s. I, I agree. And so the only way that I can continually progress yep. without that risk of injury is by really controlling that weight. That's and okay. that's something that I've changed in the way that I've trained people okay. over the years as well. Because as I've, grow, as I've, as I've seen what yeah. goes on with my body, I'm starting to notice, okay, there's a smarter way to do this. We can do a little bit more time under tension. We can we can yep. be a little bit smarter about the execution. Yes. Get the same results, but lower the risk of injury. Huge. That's so. awesome, man. Appreciate you. And for some people that have back pain, like I do, a lot of, I think it's like eighty percent of Americans live with back pain, right? And they have issues with their lower back and yep. stuff like that, right? What's your recommendation to them? So number one, and you you've gotten you found this out is this? working with your core. Okay. So anything that we can do to kind of stabilize that core, that lower back, yeah. uh, those are going to be huge. The other thing is um, psoas work. So there's a muscle that's okay. inside of your hip, okay. literally connects from the inside of your hip to your to your femur. Okay. Uh, it's like the only one that literally goes inside your hip okay. um, and across your body like that. And that specific muscle, when you sit all day, which is what 90% of us do, um, it kind of atrophies, but it also gets a little bit... Um, it just causes issues for majority okay. of people. And so if we can strengthen that, that will also help out with lower back issues because that's normally the weak link that causes your lower back to start to hurt. So it's a lot of, the issue is, is that majority of people, 
will relate lower back to lower back. Mm. And 90% of the time, it's not from the lower back. Mm. It's probably a weak core or okay. it's uh, super, super tight hamstrings or glutes okay. or super tight calves. Yeah. Uh, because anything that's on that posterior chain, if it's really, really tight, all it's going to do is tug down mm. on those hips. And now your lower back is going to feel pain. Okay. Right. So keys for that would be making sure hamstrings and calves are going to be stretched out okay. and making sure all of that's opened up. Um, making sure that you go ahead and do some sort of aspects of strengthening that psoas, which is that inner muscle. Okay. And there's a, there's literally, if you just go online and, and type in psoas exercises, okay. there's a couple different ones that you could do. Perfect. Uh, and then core work, simple core work, um, doing a lot of your planks, mm. side planks, okay. uh, sit-ups, okay. uh, leg raises, things like that are going to help out with kind of helping out with that structure of the core okay. and stabilization of the core. Beautiful. And then lower back stuff like supermans or hyperextensions or something like that to help build that lower back. Beautiful. So Awesome. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Let's go to food. Yes. Right? Because this is a topic that a lot of people have trouble with in the fit- fitness industry. They're not, are not in the fitness industry. are normal people like me, right? So... I see you the other day, you were eating, I think it was asparagus, sweet potatoes, and then I bet, I bet it was turkey, I believe, or salmon or something, right? And I asked you, I said, dude, like, how could you eat that? Because you, so you see that kind of food, you eat that kind of food all the time. And you told me one thing, which was very important that I want everybody to hear, is you told me that that food tastes good to you. And I'm sitting over here like, dude, no, pizza tastes good <laughs> to me, right? What, yeah. Like, okay, so tell us a little bit, like, how does that taste good to you, man? Yeah. So this is the thing that we have to realize is I have trained my taste buds, much like you have trained your taste buds. Yes. And so pizza. uh Exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, the thing about it is, is that I've eaten clean foods for so long that I can actually taste like a sweet potato is actually sweet to me. Wow. Um, I can act like when I have a difference of fat, uh, when I have like 96.4 beef and people Mm. are like, oh God, that tastes like sandpaper. And I've been eating chicken or I've been eating lean turkey. I can literally taste the fat that's in the beef because I've gotten to a point where I don't have those fatty rich meals that a lot of people have all the time. And so my taste buds have gotten to a point where it's acclimated to where everything that I eat has more flavor. And you can ask anybody that's on prep, anybody that's ever done a a bodybuilding show, if they've dieted down and you start to get restricted... Like you'll eat cucumbers and cucumbers taste like the best thing in the world. Wow. And it's, it's weird, but that's just, yeah. our taste buds are made to eat whole foods. Sure. And the issue is American society is based around eating foods that are high in fats, high in uh, carbohydrates yeah. and low in protein. Yes. And so those foods are delicious. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. Pizza, burgers, yeah. uh, ice cream, it's all great and it yeah. all tastes amazing. Okay. The thing about it is, is that when you switch your nutrition over to being eating more whole foods, those foods almost are too rich at the end of the day. So like for me, when I eat like a burger, I can eat a burger and I can be done with it because I'm like, okay, that that was enough. Okay. Or I can eat like a a piece of pizza and I'm like, okay, that like the amount of fat that I just ate is almost too much and like my stomach almost can't handle it. Okay. Um, Or, you know, I eat ice cream and it gets to a point where it's like, ah, that's delicious, right? (laughs) But it's, I I. I, it's, it's a point where I'm not, I don't crave those things anymore. Okay. And it's only because I've done this for so long. Makes sense. Because I grew up, you know, I was, when I was an athlete even, yeah. um, in high school, in college, I was eating, you know, ravioli out of the can. Mm-hmm. I was eating macaroni and cheese. Yep. I was eating hot dogs. I was eating whatever yep. was in front of me yeah. just to keep the weight on at that 100%. point in time. Um, and so my taste buds were acclimated to eating those foods. It only changed when I did my first prep. Mm-hmm. And then after I did my first prep, 
I started to realize how good I felt eating whole foods. And I started to change the way I was eating. How long ago was that? That was 2010. So it's been 10 years that you have been. What do you recommend to people that are newer into it? Like how long can they, can they go and do the food that you're eating and start getting those kind of taste buds? You know, honestly, it, for me, it was within the, I, that first prep I did was 16 weeks long. 16 weeks. Okay. So literally within four months, okay. my taste buds changed. Wow. Now the thing that is hard is you're still going to have cravings for those old foods. I agree. Okay. Because of the fact that you, it's so new to you that like for me, the reason why I didn't eat any of those foods is because I knew I had to stand on stage. Mm-hmm. And so I had, a, I had an in, internal motivation to not eat those foods. Sure. Once that stage was gone, I did what everybody else does after a prep because I had no idea. And I was young at that point in time. And I went and ate burgers and fries and pizza and everything, right? And number one, it wrecked my stomach for the next couple couple days. Number two, the issue is that what people don't understand is, is when you do that kind of dieting and drop that much body fat and that much weight, when you eat those very calorically dense foods that are high in sodium and very nutrient uh, poor. Okay. What actually happens is your body basically causes massive, massive inflammation. Mm. And so within like, uh, I think it was like two weeks, I had put on like almost, I think it was like 25 pounds in two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. And it was, a lot of it was water retention. It was like 10 10 to 15 pounds of water retention just because of the foods that my body wasn't used to eating. Um, And that was fun. It was fun. Don't (laughs) get me wrong. It was fun. Um, But it was also a lesson learned that, you know, there's also... A lot of a lot of those lessons taught me that restrictive dieting, which is what bodybuilding is, it's very restrictive dieting to make okay. sure that you go for a certain look. Restrictive dieting is not good for ninety percent of people. Okay. Because restrictive dieting leads to binge eating. Yeah, sure. Because sure. it's not a sustainable diet. A bodybuilder's diet when you go into a show is not a sustainable diet. Okay. A bodybuilder's show in the off season is sustainable. Like okay. what I do in my off season is I follow a base plan. Like we've talked about, yeah. I eat the same foods every day. But if I go home and, I, and my wife has made, made a meal, I'll eat my meal that I'm going to have for that time frame. Perfect. But I'll have a serving of whatever she, she makes up. And okay. so it's, it's okay. again, about portion control. Yeah. And that's what needs to be taught to the majority of people Got it. is portion size. Got it. And if you can just monitor how much you're doing portion size, you'll see benefits just from doing that. Perfect. Now, if you take those portion size, you start to switch it over to more whole foods. Yeah. And we start to kind of just slowly swap out a lot of the processed stuff and slowly mm-hmm. switch in more whole foods. Yeah. Now we're going to see you, your body start to change just from those minor changes. doesn't have to all be done at once. Okay. And 90% of the people can't do it all at once. Makes sense. Because it's not going to be something you can live with okay. from here on out. Yeah. But it should be something that we can transition you into. So that way, when it gets to a point, now let's say six months down the road and you've yeah. already got the portion size under control and you understand what you should be doing there, yeah. then now, you, now you're going to crave things. Like I crave salads randomly. I'll wow. just crave salad. Okay. And it's weird, but I do. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what ends up happening is your body just starts to crave what it actually needs yeah. rather than what you want. That's so, huge. Yeah. Transformation, man. That's huge. Okay, good stuff, man. I appreciate you sharing some of that stuff. And you did mention that... When you go home, you do have a little bit of potion to make your wife happy, right? Yeah. She's going to make you food because that's yep. a lot of us, you know, we're not going to be bodybuilders, right? So, so, so for some of us, what you would recommend, what I'm, what I'm hearing is that cover your portions, right? Right. To, to keep, to keep the family happy, 
is it recommended? Like everybody's, a lot of people say that, oh, you can have one cheat day. What's your take on one cheat day? So my theory on this has actually kind of changed a little bit. Um, I used to be one of those aspects that was, yeah, if I've got a client and I put them on a deficit, so a lower caloric intake than what they should, than what their body is, um, lower caloric input. So the fact that we can see weight loss, let's put it that way. And I have them on that diet for a week. Okay. On like a Saturday, I would say, okay, listen, after your workout, let's go have a burger and fries. Okay. The problem is, is that what ends up happening is that burger and fries turns into a burger and fries with ice cream. And then it turns into guilt for having the mm-hmm. ice cream. So it turns into chocolate cake and then it has guilt and it just piles on. Yeah, right. Okay. And so then we create a binge te- tendency, which I don't like seeing. Okay. So what I've started to change it is if I have a, a client that comes to me and says, hey, I want to lose 50 pounds. Okay. My thing is, okay, I'm going to explain to you how we're going to go with dieting. For two weeks, we're going to do a deficit diet that's going to step down. Okay, We're going to start you out where you're going to be just below your maintenance calories. You should be a little hungry during that week. The next week, we'll step you down another a little bit more to keep your body kind of dropping. And then what I'm going to do is the following week, on the third week, I'm going to take you back up to maintenance. Okay. So I'm going to take your calories right back up to where you should be to maintain weight. Okay. And therefore, that entire week, I'm also going to put some more fun foods in there for that week. Okay. And so that way, you have an entire week to look forward to, but I'm still able to keep your caloric intake under a structure. Yeah. And we're no longer sense. allowing you to binge on crap food. Yeah. We're still, we're still going to use mostly whole foods during that maintenance period. Sure. But I'm not going to allow you to have like pizza or burgers or something like that. Okay. And that's how we're going to change your body to actually start acclimating to eating better foods because we're not allowing that stuff to happen. Now, if I have just a, let's say I have a a, a general, um, just plain general health client that's just like, hey, listen, I just want to improve my eating habits a little bit more. Then I can go really, really simple and just say, okay, listen, we're going to have four meals a day. Your protein size is the size of your palm, Uh your your size of your fist, the veggies are the size of your hand, fats are the size of your thumb. Uh, and carbs are the size of whatever, right? And so using your hand as the measuring device. Oh, makes sense. And then now we're just doing portion control. Yeah. And you're doing the exact same thing, right? So it just depends upon the individual and how we can apply different dieting strategies that works best for that person. Some people are great with doing, you know, a deficit for a week and a refeed on on a Saturday. Some people can do it. They can go in, they can have a burger and fries. Cool, I'm good. Let's go back for another week. Some people not. And so it's just figuring out the individual and seeing what they can actually work well with yeah. in order to doing it that way. That makes sense. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, man. That's a, This is a lot of good information, man. I appreciate you sharing some <laughs> yeah. of this stuff. So um, I got a couple more questions, man, before we wrap it up. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about adversity, man. You know, so you you won a couple of, cha- couple of local events here, right, yep. in the bodybuilding. Yep. You went over and you were all pumped up, ready to go, right? Yep. And you got 13th, if I'm not mistaken, yep. right? Yep. Like you're right in the middle of the pack. Middle like of the pack, 25, yep. through 25 people that you competed at the national level. It, that was adversity, right? So that yep. was when you, what did you learn when when adversity hit you at that time? Like, what did that teach you? Well, so this is the this is the only downside to, and this is me being completely honest, this is the only downside to being completely open and kind of showcasing everything that happened for that entire prep. Okay. Because I felt like for that prep, I had so many people watching me. Yep. And so many people rooting for you. Rooting for yep. me. Yep. That we I didn't want to let them down. Sure. Um, and so it was more of an aspect of the the immediate feelings after I got done was I let everybody down. Okay. 
more so than I let myself down. Okay. Because I knew that there was nothing else that I could do. I did everything that I could for the prep. I did everything that I could for the show. It, it, it is what it is. Okay. And in bodybuilding, one thing that you always learn when it comes to competing is the aspect that no matter how hard you work, yeah, doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, somebody else can show up that's better than you. Sure. Doesn't matter. Sure. You can be, you can be at your all-time best. Okay. And your all-time best still will not be good enough. Sure. And that's just something you accept. Okay. And it's not, I accept it and I'm going to just stop. Okay. It's I accept it and I'm going to have to improve myself even there more. There we go. You and so that okay. was all that came after, after I got over the, yeah. I let everybody down. The only thought that was like, okay, so realistically, when I, when I dieted down, I dieted down to about two, it was 212.7 was the lowest that I got. Okay. Um, when I stepped on stage, we stepped on stage at like 222 or something like okay. that. A lot of the guys that I competed against were having to pull their body fat and body weight down to barely make the 225 pound cutoff. Okay. So a lot of those guys had somewhere between 13 to 15 pounds of weight on stage over me. Got it. Muscle tissue okay. wise. That's uh, a huge difference. Sure. That makes a big difference on sure. how your body looks. Sure. And so the only thought process that goes through mine is, okay, well, I just need to put on more muscle tissue. I need to put on more muscle tissue. It needs to be in the right places yeah. so that I can look the way I need to look in order to be in a top five. Sure. It's not an aspect of like, I didn't do enough. It's an aspect of, I just wasn't good enough. And okay. I can always be better. Got it. I just have to, I just have to put the time in to be better. Perfect. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. It doesn't hurt my feelings to, to understand that I wasn't the best that day. Yeah. All it does for me is it motivates me to be like, okay, well now I got to do the work to be the best that there day. There we go. That's, that's a great way to look it at is. it, man. So, so what's 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 in front of you and how do you become better from that experience? Exactly. And go compete at the next again, right? right. You're not going to stop. Right. So that's right. huge, man. Appreciate you sharing that as yeah. well. Um, I want to talk about your family, man, you know, because I don't want to go go through this whole episode without talking about uh, Danny and then your two boys, man. What's yeah. it like, man, being a father of two boys? Crazy, I'm sure. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, you know, Axel is, uh, he's four years old and okay. he's at that point now where, um, you know, he's, he's thinking and he's saying things that you wouldn't even realize are coming out of his mouth and, awesome. um, he's analyzing everything a lot and, you know, it's very, it's very cool to see that portion yeah. and to see just what, like even the transition from three to four, it's just crazy to see sure. what they, what they, what they do. Yeah. Um, and you know, his personality, he's, I would say he's much more like his mother in okay. the aspect that he feels a lot more. Um, I am I am a person that is something that I am trying to work on is being more empathetic towards other people uh, because, you know, it's just not, it's not something that's ingrained in me um, because I look at adversity, like we've talked about, yeah. and I look at challenges as things to overcome. I don't look at it as like, poor me, poor me, blah, blah, blah. Sure. I look at it as, okay, this is a lesson. Let's learn from it, yes. move forward. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's, I, I don't do well with, kind of giving empathy to others okay. because I feel like, okay, just take the circumstance you're given, yeah. figure out how to get out of it. Absolutely. That's all it comes down to. Absolutely. And, you know, when, you know, that, so that's something that I have to learn, but yeah. it's some is a good thing because my, ba my wife balances me very well there 100%. because she's the exact opposite yeah. where she can actually relate to people and understand their position. And she kind of helps me realize when I'm being too much of a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Um, okay. And so, you know, that, that helps. Yeah, um, perfect match. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, or she puts me in my place when, you know, whatever else needs they, to be put in place. Do. Yes, yes. Um, and then Brooks, you know, he's he's nine months old. He's uh, he's 
he definitely eats like me. Uh, <laughs> he's nonstop. The kid just is a is a garbage disposal. Uh, awesome. um, but he even at nine months, he's very he's different in the aspect that uh, Axel. I would say you can almost see Brooks analyzing things more. Okay. Than I could when I saw Axel at nine months. Okay. And so he like almost takes in things a lot more. He's not as expressive as Go. Axel. Gotcha. Axel was much more expressive. Sure. Like he would, his facial, it, like the way he was looking at things and how he reacted yeah. to things was much more expressive. Whereas Brooks, you can tell like he like takes a little bit to figure out what's going on <laughs> yeah, and like analyze it and then he reacts. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, he's probably going to be a lot more like me because that's how I am. Really? Um, I take the time to analyze something before I make okay. a reaction to it. Sure. And so um, I think in the aspect of the two, I think as of right now, it looks like Axel's going to be a little bit more emotions based. Oh, yeah. um, I whereas I think Brooks is going to be a lot more analytical okay. and kind of process things a little bit more. Um, so it's kind of cool. It's very cool to see that. Uh, and then the other thing is, is, you know, Axel's getting to the point now where next year he'll, he'll start doing sports. Um, he wants to do wrestling and we had him in T-ball and we had him in flag football this past year. And, um, so it's, it's cool to see that he, he asked me nonstop when he can come and exercise with me. Oh, that's funny. I'm like, you know, Hey man. We gotta wait a couple years. Wait. I can't have you there yet. Mom's but not gonna let yeah, you. Yeah, not gonna happen. Would. I mean, I figure out something. I figure out something for him. But what what have they taught you, man? What's the biggest lesson your two boys have taught you? Patience. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing that you learn as a parent more than anything else is patience. Okay. Because you know a lot of a lot of the time, like even when I'm trying to teach Axel something, and you know this having kids, yeah. it's one of those things where you have to repeat yourself. Yep. over and over and over again. Okay. And it's not because of the fact that they're trying to be a pain in the ass. It's because of the fact they're just trying to understand. Trying and to so you have to have the patience yes. uh, to help them learn. Okay. And that's actually been really nice because it actually actually correlates over to a lot of my clients that I have okay. and having more patience with people. Yeah. Because what I take for granted as basic knowledge oh. or basic understanding, yes. others have no idea. 100%. And so it makes it a lot easier for me to now realize, okay, I need to be better about how I portray messages because I wasn't doing it as well prior. And I got that from our sons is the aspect that I have to figure out the person to figure out how I portray the message. That's huge. And that was probably one of the biggest lessons that I've learned so far from them. The other thing would be with Axel, it's understanding how to relate to him specifically. Um, I don't know if you see this, but like when you discipline kids, there's a certain way that some react really well to something and then others kind of curl up and hide. Mm -hmm. Axel's one of those people that if I raise my voice to him, he'll completely shut down. Mm. Whereas if I just have a conversation with him and tell him, hey, that's not what you're supposed to do, he'll he'll take it in and he'll make the reaction and he'll change. But he doesn't respond well to like loud noises or or coming at him. That makes sense. And so that's something else is it's it's starting to teach me to understand and try to try to empath- have more yeah. empathy, but also understand the people that are around me and kind of their position on how they respond to not only one adversity, but also coaching. Uh-huh, huge. Okay. Because not everybody coaches the same way. Sure. And, you know, some people I can yell at them and I can be like, and I can get on their ass and they, yeah. they respond. Mm-hmm. And then some people you do that and they shut down. Yes. And so it's, it's figuring out that push and pull and figuring that out now with everybody that I work with as well to figure out the kind of person that I'm that yeah. I'm dealing with at that point in time. That's awesome, man. So That's fine. your wife, man. Yes. That's the biggest lesson she has taught you. 
Hmm. So the biggest one that I would say that my wife has taught me is slowing down. Okay. Um, she does very well at kind of helping me to just be in the moment. Okay. And understand that like when I'm home, I'm home. Yeah. And I have to let <laughs> everything else go. Uh, and, I, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and have one of those moments where, you know, kind of getting, getting the idea that our boys are not going to be this young for this long and the experiences that we create with them, it, it needs to be, needs to be something that I'm in the moment for because otherwise I'm going to miss out on mm. it. Um, you know, I think that's, that's been something that she's really kind of drilled home with that's me awesome. and been really good about, cause I'm, I'm a very... I'm a goal-oriented person. I'm not a, See, I wouldn't say I'm money-driven. I wouldn't say that I'm like fame-driven. I wouldn't say any of that. Yeah. I'm just goal-oriented. And so I get caught up in trying to achieve goals rather than taking the time to understand everything that's going on around me. And so I get too involved in my own process. Sure. And that alienates others. Sure. And that's something that I learned even in a few preps prior is that I just get so focused in on a goal that it doesn't allow me to live in the moment. Cool. And she typically brings me back to that yeah. living in the moment yeah, and allows me to realize that, you know, you might not have a year down the road. So you might as well make sure that every day when you're sure. with your family and you're with your yeah. kids that you're living in that moment. Be present. Yeah. That's huge, man. That's huge. So, um, yeah, man, that's it's funny, man. You, the patience, the slowing down, man. You literally look at me, and I'm like, I see myself exactly, like right there with you, man. That a lot of a lot of a lot of wives, a lot of a lot of kids, man. Those are, man. They're just such a blessing to have in your life, man. It makes yep. us the people we are, man, because of those two people. So, um, okay, let's go to uh, morning routine, man. Uh, do you have a morning routine, or is there something that you do every day that's your non-negotiable? <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, first and foremost, wake up, praise. Thank you. That's my, that's my first thing. Okay. Gratitude. Gratitude. Okay. Um, you know, I wake up, I literally just stand in the mirror and I, I say a prayer. Thank you for, for waking me up. That's awesome. Uh, and then from that point in time, it's, um, it's kind of changed, but I've been trying to be to the point where I'm, uh, I'm always doing something where I'm moving for the first 15 to 20 minutes of my morning. Okay. So I always either try to do some sort of either walk or something mm. like that. And then the other thing is I take uh, every single morning, I do a digestive drink okay. to set my stomach off the right way. Okay. And then aside from that, the only other thing that I do is 15 minutes of reading. Reading. So okay. yeah, I'll do 15 minutes of reading first thing in the morning as well. Beautiful. Typically when my breakfast is cooking, I'm just sitting there reading. Yeah. Uh, and so okay. I typically knock those four things out every morning. And then from there, it just kind of sets me off on the right path. So yeah. I've got my digestion set off right. I've got my mindset set off right. Um, body's you know, moving. Body's moving. Well, and why I've already body, something. Man? What's that do to you know? So for me, there's two two reasons. Number one, I like it because typically um, for from a health standpoint, I know that if I've eaten, like, let's say I've had a ton of carbs the day prior, okay. I know that my blood glucose is a little elevated. It helps to kind of clear out whatever blood glucose I've got left in my system, okay. set me off in, in a right direction as far as that goes, okay. number one. Number two, just wakes me up yeah. more than anything. Okay. So I actually feel awake and I feel accomplished. I mean, one of the biggest things that you can do for yourself is start your day with wins. Yeah. 
And so, you know, if I can knock out my cardio, which is something that I dread, I dread as well. Sure. But if I can knock out my cardio and I can get my digestion on the right place and I can uh, get 15 minutes of reading in, which is self, self, you know, self growth, then I've gotten three wins right then and there. That's beautiful, man. So if I can, if I can do that every day, I've already set my day off on a good point. Now everything from there is bonus, right? And so that's, that's one ass or that's typically my non-negotiables every morning. And then uh, I actually have a buddy who owns a gym out in uh, Nashville who made a post a couple of days ago, and I, I talked to him about it. But he was talking about how he had a mentor previously, and I'm going to start doing this. I haven't done it yet. I've got it mapped out to start this week. Okay. Um, but he's, he's got a mentor that told him, your days should have themes. So each one of your days should have a theme. So okay. like mine is uh, like my Tuesdays and my Thursdays are client um, updates. Okay. So those are my days that my day is dedicated to getting my clients updates done. Got it. Um, my Mondays and now my Wednesdays are both going to be aimed at, um, self-improvement. Okay. Whether that's working on new certifications or whatever it might be. Okay. Um, and then my Fridays are going to be focused on kind of end of week, filling out whatever needs to be done. Um, gym work, stuff like that. And then family. Saturday, and then, Sundays. Yep, okay. Yep. So I tr- I'm doing my best to kind of start structuring my days that way. Okay. Only because of the fact that one thing that I've noticed about myself is if I don't have structure in every aspect, I'm going to be all over the place. Yeah, sure. And so structuring my days, the beginning of my days are great. The problem is as, as I go through my day, yeah. it's like chaos all over the place. <laughs> uh, because between training clients and doing client updates and whatever yeah. it might be, I'm just bouncing all over the place and that's causing chaos. Sure. And one thing I don't want is a ton of chaos because it's going to take me out of my rhythm. Yep. And so yep. I'm doing my best now to get very precise about how I'm structuring my yeah. days in order to make everything much more optimal. Cool. Um, which again is going to give me more time with my family on the weekends, which is what I care about. hundred percent. So hundred percent, man. So you, you, you have a per, we have a perfect segment to our last question, which we asked on this podcast called winning the day yeah. is the podcast's yeah. name. Yeah. Winning the day, man. Like what does, like, how do you win your day every day? You shared a little bit, of course, yeah. but what does winning the day mean to you, man? How do you win your day? Winning the day to me is constantly improving. Beautiful. So as long as I can consistently improve every single day, and it could be something small, yeah. but as long as I consistently improve every day, that means that I'm improving 365 days a year, yeah. which means I'm 365 steps ahead of everybody else. Yep. And what are, what are maybe give us one or two things, last thing you have to do to win the day for yourself? What are, you, what are your things you have to do? Is it your morning routine, you think, that you have to do to consider it that you won the day? My, my morning routine is number one. Okay. Um, my number two is gratitude for my family. Ooh, those are my two time. things. That's huge, man. Yeah. Nick, man, it was a pleasure having you, brother. Thanks, brother. Yeah, thanks for being on and looking forward to, for people that don't know where to find you, man, you want to tell us a little bit about where yeah. can we find you and follow you? You have great stuff on social media, like tips yeah. that helps me with my daily routine of exercise, food, and stuff. Where can people find you? So Instagram, it's BR Physiques. BR Physiques, okay. And then um, Facebook is Nick Langer. Okay. And then you can go to brphysiques.com. Okay. Is the website. Okay. Um, and then aside from that, the gym is Iron Heaven Omaha. Beautiful. 
And so we have two locations here in town as far as the gyms go. Yeah. Um, and those are kind of the main platforms. YouTube, I'm actually on there as far as well. Okay. Uh, and I believe that's under Nick Langer. Beautiful. So. Iron Heaven is where I go, man. I love that place. It's Appreciate changed it. my daily routine of exercise. It, there's one on, in, on on Harrison Q Street. So there's one off 132nd and Chandler, which Chandler. is right, right, literally right across the interstate from Cabela's. Perfect. And then there's one on 120th between Maple and Blondo. Yeah. If you go past Mulholes and you take a left, you're going to find us. Beautiful. Appreciate you having on, man. Thanks, Thanks again. Brother. Yes, sir. Thanks for tuning in. Win your mind and you'll win your day. Look forward to seeing you next time on Win the Day Podcast. Thank you.